The Brad Pitt story. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, the oldest man to ever start a podcast, Greg Cody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode six of The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Packed show today. Very exciting show. We have two major elements. Uh, We have a great conversation with Blake James, the University of Miami athletic director. And believe me, no sports going on. You're getting emotional just talking about it. I am. No sports going on has not made his job easier. Between everything going on, his job is is very difficult right right now. He's, He's dealing with the cancellation of all spring sports. He talks to us a lot about football season whether we can expect it, whether we can expect it on time. Very interesting conversation that I'd love you all to hear. And, and for some frivolity later on, uh, we have the second installment of our occasional feature, Greg Cody Doesn't Know Movies. Oh, uh, it, Greg botches the title of it. It's Greg Doesn't Watch Movies. But <laughs> it's backed by popular demand. We had, I think this one's better than the first one. I mean, it is a well that is never-ending. I have to tell you, it's one of the few times that I actually find myself enjoying being made fun of because it is fun. And I get a couple of them right. I mean, I'm not, eh. I'm not over everything. No, you do. You, you pull some out of your that we're like, oh, I can't believe he actually knew that. But there's some just some gold in terms of obvious movie knowledge that Greg has no idea about. All right. Well, we'll get, we'll get to all that. But, uh, but first, I refer to us as the Stay at Home podcast, sort of the pandemic podcast, because through weird twist of fate and coincidence, this podcast began like just as everything was going crazy in, in worldwide and in this country. Our first show was March 2nd. And then roughly a week later, all sports started shutting down and everything. So you're really trying to corner that market on the quarantine podcast. I am. Uh, well, for, for alliterative purposes, is that my dog? Yeah, I don't have a dog. <laughs> Why is Riley barking like that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for the sake of alliteration, um, we, we want to patent the phrase pandemic podcast uh, because it, it's true that we're, we're running a timeline along with this thing. In the past week, let's let's go real quickly. We're going to do sports updates, even though sports aren't happening. Yeah, you know what's weird about that? So much peripheral is going on uh, regarding sports, and, and so much of it is just sublimely ridiculous that I want to go over sort of a, a list of, of things that have developed since uh, our last podcast. Do you have... My dog <laughs> continues to... <laughs> How dare somebody ride by my house on a bike? <laughs> Riley's yeah. keeping me safe. Uh, barking at the pandemic. I want to go in some semblance of, of order here. Uh, Trump met, uh, did a teleconference call with all the major league commissioners and uh, as expected was unable to tell them when they can hope to begin again because nobody knows. Um, the NFL draft is, is going on as scheduled because nothing stops the NFL. Tiger versus Phil 2.0 with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning maybe joining in. That's the, one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I wrote about it. It's for charity. I mean, it's, it's for a good cause along with TV ratings. But Tiger and Phil, if, if you want to do something good, how about you write that big check from your living room and not go on a golf course? The optics are bad here. For, Why is for, that bad optics? The optics are bad for this reason. Number one, uh, we're all supposed to be staying at home right now. We're not supposed to be on a golf course. Number two, the whole idea of golf courses still being open 
is, is a major issue and, and it's ridiculous. This is not an essential business. When I think of a list of the least essential businesses on earth, playing a round of golf is right up there. Let me move on. Robert Kraft had 1.2 million protective masks delivered from China, most of them uh, going to New York City where they desperately need it. It was like the first time in 20 years I didn't feel like booing the Patriots. ESPN's got that Jordan, Michael Jordan documentary that they're moving forward. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're coming in and they're saving America from acute uh, sports withdrawal. What are your thoughts on that from the aspect of a lot of people are saying, like, because there are some people that are just like, this is going to be the best thing ever to happen. And because everyone's like desperate to give takes right now. And since we don't have regular sports, people are giving people are giving takes on what this doc is going to be. Yeah, everything's peripheral. Right. And some people are giving the take that I don't know why people are so excited about this because Jordan, while he's the greatest player ever, wasn't actually that interesting. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to do great ratings only because people are so desperate for anything in the void of sports. But I sort of look askew at it. We're talking about, they're, they're focusing, I think, on the 1997-98 season. So basically what, what we're doing collectively is getting way excited to relive something that happened 22 years ago that we pretty much already know about. It's going to be a real challenge to, to make this riveting over, over 10 episodes. But um, you know what? It's, it's maybe better than nothing, and it's better than this. The NBA 2K Players Tournament. Okay, this is, this is what it's come to. We're mesmerized by watching a bunch of grown men play video games. And this is even worse. Now ESPN and the NBA are talking about a horse tournament oh. where, <laughs> where somebody, where a player in his backyard is shooting the ball over the back of a hoop. And, and this is, oh, we're in our homes cheering. I could get into the horse thing. I like okay, that. right now we're so desperate. Look, earlier this week, Tom Brady moved to Tampa, all right? He made it official, and he moved into Derek Jeter's old mansion. Of course he did. You know what? They could literally televise Tom Brady unpacking cardboard boxes in an empty living room, and it would do good ratings right now because we're just so desperate to get anything associated with sports on the air. I'm personally not that desperate. Um, you know, I'm the kind of guy who's, who says, look, I love sports. I miss sports. I'm, I'm going to embrace them when they're back. But meantime, I have bigger concerns on my mind than being amused, you know, by something going on between basketball players and video games. It's, it's, I don't need that right now. Yeah, what I don't need is the constant noises that are being made, like your phone's dinging. Like, do you set anything to silent or like your dog's I barking? I you, just have. A lot of commotion going on with you this Yeah, morning. well, it's a wild, wild world. I actually read that there's a petition started in Tampa to change the name of the Buccaneers to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Please tell me you're kidding. Yeah, that is a joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. What, I, what else we could, they, the Tampa Bay Brady, Brady Nears, Brady Ears? I don't know. <laughs> all right, we can't all live in Derek Jeter's mansion like Tom Brady. Most of us are uh, in, in our more modest cribs, just uh, staying at home and self-quarantining and all that stuff. And now we're, we're told that by the government that anytime we leave our houses, we're supposed to wear masks, which a lot of people had been doing, but now there's like an official statement from the government that they recommend anytime you go out to wear a mask. So this is, I haven't been out yet since that has been the new rule. So I'm interested to see if like everyone is going to be wearing masks now. It's weird the way they waffled back and forth on these advisories because it wasn't that long ago that they were saying, you know, regular people who are asymptomatic should not be wearing masks because those should all be 
worn by the, the healthcare workers on the front line. So I don't know, but, but I guess a certain percentage of people carrying this uh, are asymptomatic and carrying it anyway, which is the real danger. So, you know, you, you don't have to just be aware of people who are coughing and in the, in the throes of this thing, you, you have to be aware of anybody who could have it, which is hence the say it home order that I hope everybody's paying attention to. And there's no precedent. I mean, you know, there was the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. And yes, I've heard about a hundred variations of jokes such as, well, how was it? You know, cause I'm so old. Uh, even I was not around for, for that. Although, uh, parenthetically. Another uh, noise. I think that's on your end. No, it was, I think it was your computer. Anyways. Okay. Well, parenthetically, both of my parents were born right around 1918. So they, they were born into that pandemic. Uh, much <laughs> Par- as my new podcast was born into this one. Parenthetically. Parenthetically, very nice, <laughs> very nice. That's uh, my boy. Can we get into some fun stuff here? Enough yeah, of this coronavirus stuff. Okay. Even though I think we talked to Blake James about the coronavirus. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but but believe it or not, we have we have a little uh, bit of fun with Blake James too. We try to show you the other side of the um, uh, the normally uh, very serious University of Miami athletic director. We get a couple of laughs out of him. Uh, but please, please stick around for Greg doesn't watch movies. It is gold. Oh, you know they will. What else they got to do? They're home. <laughs> They're home twiddling their thumbs. All right. Does now, anybody twiddle their thumbs anymore? I feel like nobody <laughs> twiddles their thumbs. It's a lost art. Did people actually ever do that? I think so, yeah. It was, um, it's like whistling, uh, you know, wood carving, thumb twiddling. You know, it's just one of these things. Okay, now let's get into the meat of this podcast. We're about to bring you Blake James, the University of Miami Athletic Director. I'm Greg Cody, and I have my announcer voice on right now. Let's get into the Blake James interview. (laughs) I didn't realize they had my announcer voice on. Let's see if I have it during this interview, okay? Let's go. We're joined today by Blake James, the very fine director of athletics for the University of Miami since 2013. Um, I want to ask you first, Blake, how are you and your family um, getting through all this in, in this extraordinary tough time for everybody? I think like everyone in our community, obviously, it's a it's a whole new way of life. We're getting used to uh, being in our house and, and eating at home and uh, pulling out old board games we haven't played for a, a long time. And our kids right. are pulling out the Xbox and, and different things they haven't done for a while. But we're getting by. We're blessed. We're, we're staying healthy. And uh, I think in times like this... Uh, and that's what's most important, and uh, you know, we're just uh, hoping to do our part to help bring this uh, to an end here in our country. What's the go-to board game in the James house? We picked up a new one, Catan it's called. It's, uh, I guess, kind of you build uh, roads and houses and settlements and all that. Uh, that's a, a new go-to. Rummy Cube is the, uh, the long-time <laughs> standing uh, leader, though, in the household. Obviously, the NCAA... Uh, wiped away all spring sports, and and that uh, erased what I think looked like a pretty promising season for the baseball team in particular. The NCAA then ruled that um, all the spring sport athletes would get an extra year of eligibility. How does that complicate life for you? Does that is that a good thing? I guess ending all spring sports, I think, was a you know to your first statement. I think was was a, a decision that at the time. You know, I was surprised that we made that decision of canceling the College World Series and, and all of that. With that said, obviously, the, 
the hindsight, it, uh, it was a very wise decision. And one at the time that I said I supported, I, I guess I was just surprised at the time, but it was one that uh, needed to happen in order for our country to, I think, start taking the steps we needed to do to bring an end to this pandemic. And so I credit the NCA uh, leadership uh, in that situation. To your second question in regards to the, the eligibility issue, you know, that's something that, that, is, that is complex. Obviously, we're dealing with the the pandemic right now and just trying to figure out how this is all gonna going to work out in in the long run and obviously I always want to do what's what's best for for the students that are, are participating in the in the sports programs that uh, uh, they have such great passion for so we're, we're working our way through it I think the hard part right now is just there's there's no defined end and you know you've had you know a number of different predictions out there as to when we're on the backside of, of the bell curve or how long this lasts and those types of things. And I think right now as a, as a campus and as a program, we're doing all we can to make sure we're, we're in position to support our kids. Blake, I wonder if, has this pandemic directly hit the UM family current or uh, extended? I don't know that we have any that have tested positive themselves. I know we've had you know, family members uh, of, of current student athletes who've had you know, positive tests within their family. I'm not aware of any alums. Again, I'm sure there's there's some that are out there. Again, with everything going on, I'm going to guess that that's happened to an alum at some point. I'm just not aware of any right now. But in terms of our immediate uh, group of student athletes, uh, we haven't had any positive tests that I'm aware of to this point. Blake, I want to uh, pivot to football, the the big dog on on your campus. ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet said this week, "quote I'd be." shocked if the NFL and college football seasons were played. What's your reaction to that? I guess I go the opposite. I'd be shocked if they weren't. Again, and, and that's not to say that we're going to start on September 5th. Um, I'm optimist. I'm an optimist. And, and so, you know, I, I want to believe that uh, we're going to all do what we need to do to bring an end to this pandemic and uh, that we'll get back to whatever the, the new normal will be after this is done and, and we'll be able to get out and, and, and play football at some point, again, I'm hoping that's September 5th when we're scheduled open. But I think when you look at the significant uh, revenue that is created and, and really the revenue driver that football is for programs, not only for the football program, but for all the different offerings that we have. Uh, you know, I've talked with some colleagues, uh, uh, you know, across the country and, and everyone I've talked to, uh, I would say, has been in support of assuming this is at some point that we're if we have a, a sports season at all next year that football will be played at, at some point in next year uh, but if you're asking me today you know my plan is that we're still going to play the schedule as we have it scheduled obviously um the coronavirus pandemic has been a financial drain on on sports in general uh, is is that true at the college level as well um where revenue dries up and it and it's hurtful or or really that doesn't sort of matter until football in terms of uh, income for for a college program. Well, every dollar matters, and so I guess I, I would want to start with saying that yeah, it's it, it's been a hit. Now, from the timing of when it happened, I would say a lot of our revenues had already been realized. We were through our, our men's women's basketball seasons. We were through our through our football season, and so a lot of the revenue we're going to generate in a typical year had happened. We did take a, a sizable hit from the loss of the NCAA men's men's basketball tournament. And that revenue distribution that was adjusted given the situation. And so that was a big hit for us. We're in our, our stretch run in the fiscal year of, of raising money for our scholarship fund. And uh, while well, I'll say I am very appreciative of, of all the Hurricane fans out there for their support always and, and for everyone that has been able to 
that they've continued support to support our scholarship fund through their donation to the Hurricane Club because we've been, I'll say, we've been on pace to make our number. Now, recognizing what happens for everyone over the next two months is probably going to be a big indicator to, of, of where we end on that front. But I, I will say the support of our student athletes through our scholarship fund has, has continued to, to be great with, with our supporters and recognize everyone's doing what they can and, and situations change daily. And, and I think that's something we have to all understand. And, and that's what we're preparing for. We, we, we're, we know what the number is from the NCA. We've, we've put that into our budget. We're making projections on where we think we'll be on, on our Hurricane Club donations. But really, those are the only revenue sources we have coming in. The flip side of it is there was a number of expenses that we were able to cut back on that we normally would have in the last two weeks of March, April, and May that, uh, you know, we're able to offset some of those revenue losses. So from a timing of it, does it hurt revenues? Yes, but this could have been significantly more damaging to revenues had this happened five months later and, and we're getting ready to go into a football season right now or in the midst of a football season. Because I, I, again, I think the market here is, is probably aware, but I'll say it, you know, football drives probably close to 70 to 80% of the revenue we bring in each year as, as an athletic department overall. Blake, um, I don't have to tell you that Hurricanes football fans, I think, are some of the most demanding um, and, and dare say impatient in, in South Florida. And um, when, when any coach goes six and seven, there's going to be some of the fandom that's howling. I wonder um, if, if you can state your degree of um, satisfaction with uh, Manny Diaz entering what we hope is season two eventually. So, again, I guess first I want to make it clear because sometimes things get misinterpreted. So I'm clear. I'm not satisfied with six and seven. Uh, I'm not happy, but I'll say Manny wasn't happy. I don't think any of the guys on our team uh, were happy. And, and as you touched on, the fans aren't happy. The alums aren't happy. Six and seven isn't University of Miami football. It's not where we're going to be. And so, you know, first, uh, I guess I want to put that out there. In terms of Manny specifically, are there things that, uh, that we need to do different without a doubt? Uh, and I think, you know, one of the great things I take from Manny, Greg, is, is coaches in general. Now, I've, I've been an athletic director. This will be year 12, year 13. And, and as a group, and this isn't everyone, but as a group, coaches can generally tend to be somewhat stubborn in their ways the expert in, in what their area of, of expertise is, whatever the sport. One of the great credits I'll give to Manny is Manny's really been someone who's listened, someone who's taken criticism as constructive criticism, and then made changes. Again, when you look at where we were at as a program at the end of this year, our offense wasn't where we wanted to be. It was not only a change of offensive coordinator, a change of offensive style, but also bringing another quarterback into the room who's a very established young man to be in there to battle to to lead this program. So I will say to Manny's credit, he's been someone who who doesn't say, hey, this is, I know all the answers. This is the way it's going to be. I think he's really done some honest evaluation starting with himself on down and, and made a number of changes, bringing Ed Reed into the, into the group. You know, first we got to take care of winning the Coastal. I mean, that's got to be priority one. We need to win the Coastal every single year. We get to win in the Coastal. We're going to win ACC championships. We win ACC championships. As Clemson has shown recently and Florida State has shown recently, if you're winning the ACC, you're in position to win a national championship, and, and both those schools have done it, and that's where we need to get our program back to. Blake, um, we're, we're going to let you go in just a minute or so. Uh, I'm going to admit to you that I've been – uh, binge eating and uh, probably gained five or seven pounds in the last two or three weeks at home. Uh, are you a snacker? Do you have a go-to snack? Are you uh, managing to, to keep the pounds under control? 
Well, you know, fortunately, I'm, I, I guess I'll say I'm Catholic and I gave up chips right for Lent. And so what would normally be my go-to, uh, grabbing handfuls of chips, I, I've been able to stick to that through the Lenten period here, but uh, it's turned into uh, salt and vinegar almonds and uh, cheese whisks. I don't put uh, cheese whisks in the, uh, the chip category, so I'm, I'm justifying myself there. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you that uh, this is going to be a scary uh, weigh-in after this is all done for many of us. And I'm going to be raising my hand in that group that probably is going to have some pounds they need to drop after. After this is done, given the, uh, my eating habits during this period. Yeah, my uh, my lunch today consisted largely of a bag of sour cream and onion chips, so I'm not uh, I'm not real proud of that. But uh, we're all together in this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Blake James, uh, really appreciate you dropping by the podcast, and um, I, I wish you and your family uh, safety and health, and uh, and I look forward to a football season. We hope fairly on time this fall. It's great to be on with you, Greg. I appreciate the coverage and uh, continued great health to you and your family. And uh, I look forward to talking with you again soon. All right. Thanks again to Blake James. That was a very interesting interview, if I do say so myself. And uh, (laughs) Blake, uh, please stay away from those snacks as best you can because Lent won't last forever. Right now, we're going to go to some real fun stuff. This is early in our podcast, but I think it's fair to say this is our most popular segment of the wacky little oddball stuff we do. It's Greg doesn't know. Greg doesn't watch movies. Christ, man. It's Greg doesn't watch movies. Leaving it all in. Enjoy it, folks. All right, we're back. By popular demand, the people wanted me, and I'm back to play this game. (laughs) (laughs) The whole time, I'm like, I don't know how to end this. Greg doesn't watch movies. He really doesn't. By the way, I have to announce we are not in our closet studio today. We are actually on Zoom. We're in three different locations, uh, social distancing to the extreme. Thank you. All right. You ready, Gregor? I'm ready. All right. Number one. Who directed the movie Avatar? Avatar. I don't know. I love the idea of Avatar. I really meant to see it. I just never get around to it. Who, who directed Titanic? Um, the same guy. <laughs> yeah, Dad, what do you think? Oh, thinking? wow. Uh, Got to be a big name. I can't think of it. Can you name a director? Um, uh, McGillicuddy. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, God. I'm, I got a mental block right now. You know, that's... Martin McGillicuddy. <laughs> no, that super famous director. Jeff um, Director. Clint Eastwood directs great movies. Gorsese McGillicuddy. All right. right, Who directed Avatar? James Cameron. Never heard of him. That's a a banner start. Can I have a quick aside here? Back in the day when I starred in Absence of Malice, my director was Sidney Pollack. All right, let's move on. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. right. Here we go. Moving on. Name the movie starring Keanu Reeves in which Lawrence Fishburne plays the character Morpheus. The character what? Okay, there's the, the movie that stars Keanu Reeves. Also in the movie is Lawrence Fishburne, and his character's name is Morpheus. What's that movie? Oh, God, I have no idea. <laughs> Lord on a horse. How am I supposed to know that? Morpheus. The sci-fi movie? The really? Matrix? The Matrix? Okay, I've heard of The Matrix. Is that it? The is best that the is the, the Yes, very that's best. the answer. The very best is when the follow-up questions where you think you're going to like get him on board a little, he just still is like, right. I don't know that either. Right. Oh, that's so great. Name one of the stars of Goodwill Hunting. Um, Matt Damon. Ah, all right. Okay. 
Name the famous war movie starring Tom Hanks and Matt Damon. Uh, Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Man, I'm, I'm crushing this. Okay. I think he's going to get one of these, at least the first name. Name the two main actors that star in the movie Titanic. Well, um, <laughs> Leo DiCaprio. I knew right, he that's that. one. Or that's does he go by Leonardo? I can never no, 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 that. Matter. But you have to get both of them to get this right. Zero okay. chance he gets this other one. You mean the woman, the, yes, the love yeah. interest? Right. Yes. Oh, gosh. I can picture her. I, I can't come up with it. You can only picture her with a, in a pencil drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, Kate Winslet. Oh, gosh. I'm a big Winslet fan. Can't can name, name a single movie? movie of hers, but I love her. What? Yeah. Dad, we got another one here where there's zero chance for you. What movie is the name Ray Finkel from? Ray Finkel? Yes. Actually, I had an editor at the Miami Herald named Ray Finkel back in the Finkel 80s. Finkel and I, Einhorn. <laughs> and it's together. How? Why? I don't know. Finkel and Einhorn. <laughs> the Ray Finkel story. I don't know. What's it called? What about... So you don't... It was an Ace Ventura movie? Oh, wow. I just ruined it. Pet Detective. Yeah, my bad. I was going to yeah. say a Jim Carrey movie. In the movie, Finkel was a Dolphins football kicker who was screwed by Dan Marino. Oh, so I got it right. I said Pet Detective. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but yeah. once I said Ace Ventura. <laughs> you said Ace Ventura. Hey, still, you led me to the path and I... Uh, no, I it. said the answer by yeah, he mistake. said the answer. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. What famous Brad Pitt movie was about an underground fighting club? The Brad Pitt story. <laughs> um, no, I think it was called. Um, what was it called? Um, Why'd you say the Brad Pitt story? What was that movie? Bull Durham or no? Bull, <laughs> no, no. I didn't mean to say Bull Durham. Bull Durham is the baseball movie. What am I thinking of? Gosh, read him the question again. All right, here we go again. <laughs> what famous Brad Pitt movie was about an underground fighting club? Ah, oh, gosh. <laughs> This is pretty I, great, I, I gotta admit. It, it's the one that stars that uh, Brad Pitt. actress. Uh, it starts Brad, no, it stars Brad Pitt. All right, Dad, you want to know that movie? Please. About the underground fighting club? It's called Fight Club. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. You've never yeah. heard of Fight Club? I mean, I have now. I didn't know. You <laughs> Wait, know. so what, what Brad, path were you Brad on? Brad Pitt played a fighter? Oh, God. This guy's like a lightweight. <laughs> only that only you would have got, gone to Bull Durham when thinking of that movie. All right. Uh, name, <laughs> sometimes these questions just make me laugh because of how, like, you know, elementary they are. Easy like, they are. Yeah. Name one movie that Christian Bale has been in. <laughs> Christian Bale. Um, I'm not going to bail on this answer. Um, I'm going to have to say Superman. Uh, <laughs> Didn't he? Didn't he play so like a bad. superhero? So bad. <laughs> Batman. You just got it right on the second try, but that's a loss. You. you I got said Spider Man, right? You was said Spider Man. Right? You said Superman first. You said right. Batman second. It's Batman. But I was in the same realm. I, I love by the way. Realm. I love that he just he still doesn't really know because he's like, what? I said I said Spider Man. Like. <laughs> All right, moving on here. Name the famous Will Ferrell comedy in which him and John C. Riley become stepbrothers. <laughs> I'm a big Will Ferrell fan. I love that you um, say that for not knowing anything. No. Uh, you love Kate I, Winslet too, right? I actually think I have this right. I just hope I get the title of the movie right. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Talladega Nights. 
Is that right? I was confident. That's no, wrong. I mean, you get like, you get a third of a point because that is a movie that him and John C. Riley starred in. Another yeah. one. No, I said, but that's a, that's not the Dad, movie. Dad, you didn't. Listen to the question again. All right. Name the famous Will Ferrell comedy in which he and John C. Riley become stepbrothers. I mean, that doesn't change my answer. It's called Step Brothers, the movie. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. You had the, the answer in the <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, you, you've never heard of Step Brothers? No, I've never heard of that movie, honestly. This is perfect. That's just as known as Talladega, I think. Like, all right, Dad, you ready? Yeah. All right, name three Vince Vaughn movies. <laughs> I got to name three? <laughs> you can't name one. Wow. I mean, one comes to mind immediately. The Wedding Crasher. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Even, even that he has to make weird. Like, um, <laughs> it's wedding crashers. Yeah. This oh, fall, the wedding See, crasher. <laughs> I would say um, Pineapple Express. <laughs> That's just great. He's Wrong. the kind of guy who would star in that movie. All right, here we go. Who's the star of Braveheart? Braveheart? Who's that old <laughs> actor that nobody <laughs> likes? Um, <laughs> I, just, I can picture him, but I just can't think of his I mean, name. You know exactly who it is based on the description. Can that he's, like a, he's like a little on the heavy side. Is there? I mean, not really. He always does that where we think we he's on uh, the right track, and then he on. says something. Am I allowed to say <laughs> on a podcast? I'll, I don't I'll bleep know. it. Cameron Crow, <laughs> Russell Crow, <laughs> Black Crows. I don't know. Some, something to do with a crow. Oh, <laughs> Mel Gibson. Oh no! Damn it! <laughs> But who's the crow actor who's a Russell Russell Crowe Crow was in uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Doesn't everybody hate Russell Crowe? Oh really? my god. Okay. You weren't even thinking of Gibson? I know, no, I was thinking of Crowe. Well, a lot of people Crow, hate Russell Crowe. Crowe is Crowe isn't heavy either. I mean, he oh. got he's he had a heavy moment, but I think he, <laughs> he ain't heavy, he's my brother. Anyway, here we go. Chris, this is I mean, okay. Yeah. Who voices <laughs> Who voices Maui in the Disney animated movie Moana? Oh my God! We could ask my granddaughter that question. She watches that movie fifty-five times a day. Dad, it is it is uh, like an actor you know. Like. No, and the best part about this is, is my wife Christy told me when I was writing these questions earlier today, when I was like throw, because like she doesn't really know movies that well, so sometimes right. I'll throw a question at her to like gauge if it's a good question right. or not. Because right. if she if she knows it, I know it's a good question. And she said that last week you and her had the specific conversation of who right. the voice was for Maui from Moana. Oh, that's great. That's so great. No, we did. And I asked her <laughs> if it was a famous voice. Like, I thought it might have been Beyonce or something. It's a man. Oh, it is? Oh, my God. A, she told me the name, and I'd never heard of the name. I love so. that Christy's going to listen to this and be like, okay, well, he doesn't listen to any conversation. So I don't know that. who it is. <laughs> it, it was The Rock. Dwayne Johnson? Yeah, it's Maui. It's the male character. The wow. big male buff character. Oh, I was thinking of Moana. To be he goes, honest. my rock, Dwayne Johnson. Maui. It was, Johnson. Maui. Yeah. It was the character Maui from the movie Moana. Okay. Maui. How much money is the rock making? Wow. Anyway, moving on. Which iconic Jim Carrey character famously said, Smokin'? <laughs> oh, I love Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> Which one of his characters said that? And to not get it. I know. Smokin'? <laughs> oh, was that the mask? I'm trying to think. I'm cataloging here. How many can you name? Three? Smoking. It's not coming to me. Wait, what? You don't know? You're not going to guess? I know. What, what is it? What? All right, tell, Mike, tell him. It's the mask. 
I said the mask. But you did it. You said it like you kind of threw it out there. Like we're not saying you gotta give me that. Dad, Dad, you were still going. But then we said, What's your answer? And you said I have nothing. Like you could have said said is it the mask? If this was um Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Someone's like, I think it might be blank. He doesn't go, Yeah, that's it. Like my my answer can contain the words the mask. No, no he, that's an answer wrong. That's a wrong Greg, answer. Greg, right, here's see. where you went wrong. If you have an idea of it and then can't think of anything else, why don't you end up with that and just go, I'm just going to go with the mask. I right. think I did. All right. Anyway. Weird. Greg Cody's a weirdo. All right, here we go. What, <laughs> what is the movie where Tom Hanks is the captain of a ship? Oh, it's got to be um, the movie... Uh... <laughs> Where he's lost at sea and he's talking to a volleyball or something. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the first half of that sentence, I was like, oh, he's got this. When he's no, like, I, was, I, I was actually confident he was going to go a total, like he's been doing a total What's that called? Stranded? I thought, no, I thought he was going to say, it's the one where he's stuck at sea and he says, I'm right. the captain right. now. I thought he was like on it. He doesn't even know that line. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Castaway, the one where he's Cast like. Castaway, no, yes. no, 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 that's a different movie. In this movie, right. he's the captain of a ship that gets taken over. And at one point, the guy looks at him and says, I'm the captain now. Oh, Greg, yeah, yeah. Remember, the, there's been a theme of us saying the, t- the titles in the question. All right, say the question again, then. <laughs> the question is, what is the movie where Tom Hanks is the captain of a ship? Um, he's the captain of a ship. I don't know. Captain <laughs> Hanks. Captain Phillips. Oh, God, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> All right, Dad, you ready? What famous sports movie stars Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson? I think it's a football movie. <laughs> um, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> what is it? All right, hold on. It's a basketball movie. Yeah. Wow, really? I can't, <laughs> no, I have no clue. <laughs> that doesn't help at all. All right, no it's clue. White Man Can't Jump. Who? <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> it's White Men Can't Jump. Oh, wow. Have you even <laughs> heard of it? No. Of course I've heard of the movie. That makes it worse. Like, if you say, of course I've heard of the movie. I just have no clue who stars in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, this was fun. Yeah, d- Dad, you, your lack of knowledge in the movie department brings joy to us. And to a lot of people. I got, we got a lot of feedback about this segment, and that's why we brought it back. And, it's, uh, the de- it's the best because when we know, like, you know, it goes beyond you not knowing something. Because when you don't know something, you then your mind you made we don't know where you're gonna take us because you go to yeah. like a whole different movie like like it's crazy you know what I, I i enjoy doing this and you're welcome if i can bring you uh, a smidgen of joy i'm gonna do it almost every time all right that was that was both fun and humiliating at the same time um i, I want to you know part of my problem with a game like that is that uh some of these answers I know, but I just can't think of them. You know, at my age, after losing all these brain cells, I mean, it, sometimes it's tough to reel something in quickly. Example, when I was fishing around uh, for a, the name of a fight movie, I said Bull Durham. You thought the Brad Pitt movie Fight Club was called Bull Durham. Well, be, it, it's because I was thinking of Raging Bull. See, that occurred to me. Oh, okay. later. It, it still would have been a wrong answer, but at least it would have been like in the neighborhood. Did you also reference at some point during that segment that... You had a director once when you acted in Absence of Malice? Yes, <laughs> that's a true story. Well, you acted? Point, no, I, I was an extra. I was being funny when I said I starred in Absence of Malice. But I am actually on screen 
in Absence of Malice for about a fleeting second or two. What year is Absence of Malice? You know what? You'd have to look it up. I want to say late 80s, maybe. Uh, I'm just guessing. But it starred Sally Field. They they filmed it in the Miami Herald building, the old building at One Herald Plaza, which has since been raised. 81. But, um, 81. Wow. Okay. So I would have been in my mid-20s. Late oh, my 20s. God. Wait a minute. 81. That must have, Was this handlebar mustache, Greg Cody era? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But anyway, it was filmed in the newsroom, and they invited um, Herald people to, to be extras. Uh, so myself and a co-worker, Hal Habib, Hal, if you're listening, how you doing? You good? And, um, <laughs> and the two of us did it. And to this day, decades later, I'm insanely jealous because Hal actually got a bigger part than I did. Hal is, is shown in the background walking slowly across the newsroom. He's on camera for like five, seven seconds, whereas I'm in the distant background, literally sitting on a desk reading a newspaper. But there I am in a major movie. It was sort of neat, though. It, it, at one point, you know, I'm like an arm's distance from Sally Field. It was sort of a cheap thrill. Did you uh, try to woo her? I did not woo her. I think she was just, uh, I don't know what point that was in her long career. Was she like a big star then? I don't even know. I assume so. Pretty interesting movie, though. One of the last movies I've seen, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Okay, folks, that's it for episode six of the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. We want to thank Blake James for dropping by the podcast today. Had a lot of fun with um, Greg Doesn't Know Movies. But most of all, I want to thank you all who are listening right now and who have become part of our podcast family. Uh, You mean a lot to me. I don't take you for granted. Uh, Another noise on the computer. This is some sort of record today. I'm trying to have a heartfelt talk with my podcast listeners, if you don't mind. Continue. Um, No, in all seriousness, uh, I appreciate you all uh, coming to us every week, and and hopefully we can give you a half hour of enjoyment and diversion from all this madness. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to be back next week with episode number seven. Uh, Stay safe, stay strong, stay home, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.